Chicago will soon have its 57th mayor. But getting there will be interesting since both candidates in tomorrow's runoff, former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, have been polling just about neck and neck. On top of that, most voters, especially those on the city's south and west sides, voted for one of the seven other candidates in last month's election. So what will determine which of the last two men standing will win the city's top seat? Joining us now to share some ideas is Alden Lowry, WBEZ's Data Projects Editor. Hi, Alden. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Also with us, I'm doing well. Also with us is WBEZ Data Reporter Amy Chin. Welcome back to the show, Amy. Thanks for having me. So... Johnson and Vallis, as I was mentioning, are just about neck and neck in the polls that I've seen. But Alden, what does that mean for each of them with only like 30 hours before polls close? Uh, I think it really boils down to, as many have said, uh, which of these candidates gets their supporters to actually come out and vote. And to tell you the truth, a lot of the voting has actually already happened. Folks who've cast early votes, uh, folks who've mailed in their mail-in ballots, um, uh, as we've heard from the uh, Board of Election Commissioners, about 250,000 votes have already been cast. Uh, so, yeah, it really boils down to who can get their, their base of supporters out to the polls. Yeah, I mean, do you think all that early voting, is that showing enthusiasm for the candidates or is that because CPS is on spring break this week? <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's, it's uh, based upon what's come in now compared to what came in in February and what we've mm-hmm. seen in previous elections. Um, the numbers are up on early votes this time around. And I think that's a sign compared to what they were in February. I think yeah. that's a sign that people are a little more engaged than they were a couple months ago. Uh, and that's at least the pattern that we've seen. Uh, uh, Amy and I, as we've looked at the numbers, that's what we've seen in 2019 and 2015 when the early vote numbers were up in April compared to February. The overall turnout was higher when they were down compared to February. Uh, the overall turnout was a little lower. Yeah, and speaking of last election compared to this election, I mean, I, I mentioned, Amy, that, that these two are just about neck and neck, Vallis and Johnson. Were they polling as closely before the last election in February? That um, That's actually a good question. I don't have the numbers I, I, off the top of my head, but I, I don't think they were nearly as close. Yeah, I wonder what, what, what's, what it's sort of brought them. I don't believe they were. I wonder what sort of brought them closer together in the polls. Um, it could be that, that greater enthusiasm like you're talking about, Alden. Um I mentioned you you all were crunching the numbers and found most voters in Chicago's west and south sides voted for someone other than Paul Vallis or Brandon Johnson. Amy, talk more specifically about the demographics of those voters. I mean, what do they care about? Yeah, so so what we found looking at census data is that uh, the voters are pretty different from what uh, Vallis and Johnson voters look like. So in terms of racial demographics, um, they tend to be... Um, uh, Vallis and Johnson voters uh, have a greater share of white voters compared mm. to Lightfoot, Garcia, and Wilson. In fact, it's pretty much um, Lori Lightfoot's base or the you know precincts that went for Lori Lightfoot were um, you know eighty percent um, black, and mm. then precincts that went for Garcia were you know very very high share of uh, Latino voters. Um, and then in terms of other demographics. Uh, you know, voters for Vallis and Lightfoot tend to be higher income. Uh, they tend to have higher levels of education um, and lower rates of poverty than than Garcia, uh, uh, Garcia, uh, Wilson and Lightfoot voters. Interesting. And, and piggybacking on that, they, these demographics of the people who didn't vote for, for either of the two candidates left. Alden, a, a recent poll from Northwestern University 
and a coalition of black and Latino nonprofits found neither candidate has been consistently reaching out to the city's black and Latino voters. I mean, Alden, that's, that seems like a missed opportunity based on what Amy just said. Yeah, and, and I think um, uh, also, you know, potentially, uh, you know, it's, a, it's almost a different election leading up to the general election than it is leading up to the runoff. And so uh, some candidates may make a, a guess that uh, their time is best spent in places where they at least have somewhat of a foothold. Uh, these are people that are likely to be my supporters, so I'm going to spend time there. Mm. I'm going to really kind of solidify my support there and then kind of generate some energy to get those people to come out. And uh, so they have to kind of pick and choose how they spend their time. And so I think that might be what we saw Mm. leading up to the February election. And now that it's come down to these two candidates, now they're spending more time uh, kind of getting out to the places where they may be, uh, people may be less familiar with them. And I think both Johnson and Vallis have spent a fair amount of time uh, as is the the case for for particularly in, in Black Chicago, the the Sunday morning appearances at, mm-hmm. at at churches, and I think both candidates were at churches uh, just even this past weekend. So I think there's been more of an emphasis uh, in the last few weeks uh, in reaching out to uh, those portions of the Chicago electorate than what they had done previously. Yeah, and um, so that you know the Sunday morning trying to to reach the black voters. On, on, on the Latino voting block, WBEZ's reporter Tessa Weinberg recently spoke with Sylvia Puente at the Latino Policy Forum. That group helped conduct a poll that found Johnson had more support among black voters, while Vallis led with white and Latino voters. Let's listen to what Sylvia Puente had to say. We started hearing that some voters might think that Vallis was Latino. Uh, double L in Spanish is Vallis. So we actually polled for that. And interestingly, we found that one third of Latino voters thought that Vallis may be Latino. So, Amy, I mean, putting aside the the the, the confusion over over his, uh, you know, uh, whether or not Vallis is Latino, which he is not, to be clear, there's not actually confusion, but voters confusion over that. Uh, based on the demographics that you were talking about, I mean, how could winning the Latino vote help Vallis win the election? Yeah. Um, well, for one, I think Vallis um, in February actually polled a little better in Johnson in majority Latino mm. precincts. He won 23 percent of the precincts uh, of the votes there compared to Johnson, who won 14 percent. And so I think in terms of like the kind of votes left up for grabs, a large portion of those are votes on on the southwest sides where, mm. you know, in the northwest side where a lot of Latino voters live and that could certainly kind of tip the scales for Vallis in, in the close election that we have today. This is Reset. I'm Patrick Smith in for Sasha Ann Simons. Tomorrow is the final day to vote for Chicago's next mayor. So we're getting a sketch of the votes and voters that may decide what could be a very close mayoral election. Helping us break it all down are WBEZ's data reporter Amy Chin and WBEZ's data projects editor Alden Lowry. I mentioned earlier, Amy, that you and Alden crunched some numbers from Chicago's most recent runoff election results that could indicate how voters will decide this race. I mean, what else what else do you see in the trends there? Yeah, I think the kind of big question is turnout in this election, Mm. I think, with such a close uh, polling race. um, It'll come down to for for Johnson, I think, a key part of his kind of path to victory is to increase turnout in the kind of areas that Lightfoot and Garcia won in February. And for Vallis, kind of his path to victory is to kind of widen his lead that he already had in February. He had a 10-point lead over Johnson and really get his uh, base of supporters in, you know, the far northwest sides, the far southwest sides of the city to turn out even more. Um, I think Vallis, on average, the places he won, um, had about 4 in 10 voters turnout. 
compared to places that Lightfoot, Garcia, or Wilson won, where it was just three in 10 voters. And so I think, like, for, for both of these candidates and for really, uh, you know, who's going to win um, <laughs> tomorrow, it's, it's going to really come down to who's going to be able to energize their bases. Yeah, and so Alden, you mentioned that that this runoff election is going to be about turnoff. It's turnout. Excuse me. It sounds like the last election, the the, the general in February, that that was all about turnout as well. Yeah, turnout is 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 generally speaking a a, a big part of of any uh, election, uh, and uh, candidates who are successful are generally able to get you know their people out uh, in greater numbers. Um, uh, you know, the polls suggest that there is uh, a I, mean, yeah, I don't know if I'd say it was exactly even, but there is uh, there's a competitive race. Um, and, uh, you know, polling is one thing, but people mm-hmm. actually casting a ballot is, is something different. And, and so for this election, it's going to come, come down to that. What, uh, looking back at February, I think one of the things that is important to remember is that the places where Vallis was strong, those northwest, no southwest sides, he was also strong uh, in the Loop, Lakeview, Lincoln Park, areas like that. Um, turnout is generally higher in those communities than it is in other parts of the city. And Vallis's first place finish may have been more due to the fact that where he was popular, more people or a higher mm. share of the people were turning out. I mean, part of that 11 point percentage point difference between Vallis and Johnson may have been due to, to that uh, more so than it was to anything else. Uh, we did a, a for our, for our analysis, we looked at the 150 top precincts in the city, 151 top precincts in the city, uh, by their percentage of the turnout, they were all 50% or more. And Vallis won or was first place in 125 of those precincts. So places where people turn out, Vallis was popular. And if that happens again this time around, that's going to be a big boost for him. So are we seeing the candidates focus on those high turnout areas even more? Like, hey, if I can win those high turnout areas or are we seeing or is the push going to be more trying to get more turnout in areas that historically have low turnout in the city? I think the general thinking is people go where they feel like they have an opportunity to make up ground. So Vallis is strong in those areas. I I doubt that Johnson's going to spend a a lot of time in those areas. But uh, but I think Johnson has been kind of going after places where there are a lot of votes to get. And so places where neither he nor Vallis combined got more than a third of the vote. And those were largely those those uh, Lightfoot and uh, Garcia areas that Amy was talking about on the northwest, southwest side, near the northwest, near southwest sides, and then on the south and west sides, you know, essentially black Chicago. Uh, so I think that's where Johnson has really tried to go out and get some votes. And Vallis has spent a fair amount of time in those areas as well. So, so, Amy, you touched on this already, talking about what votes and voters are up for grabs. But I wonder if you could kind of put a fine point on it for, for our listeners right now. Um, in this upcoming election tomorrow, wh- like who's up for grabs? What voters are up for grabs for these two candidates? Yeah, um, I, I wish I had like a map that I could just <laughs> relay over the air, but um, it, it is if it is very much just kind of this, you know, Chicago is so segregated, mm. right? And so the areas uh, where there are a lot of uh, black people and Latino people that live, that's basically kind of where the votes are up for grabs. In some precincts, um, more than eighty percent of votes didn't go to Vallis or Johnson. And so those are, yeah, those are those areas um, that they'll need to focus on. Historically, voting in Chicago's most disinvested communities come with its own challenges. I mean, we see low t- turnout there. There are reasons for that. I mean, how how is voter impact, how is voter turnout in those areas going to impact this race? It sounds like it's going to have a huge impact on, on who wins. 
Yeah, I, I mean, even even though the the numbers are are generally uh, lower in terms of turnout in, in those parts of the city, you, you're still going to have some areas where the the turnout might be forty or fifty percent. I think about places around uh, like the Fifth Ward, some parts of the Fourth Ward, some areas of Bronzeville, areas of <clears throat> uh, uh, North Kenwood, uh, some parts of Hyde Park. Uh, you know, turnout's going to be relatively okay there. Some parts of Greater Grand Crossing, the Sixth Ward, also sometimes has uh, some 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 higher turnout figures. Uh, so there are places where the turnout is is actually pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in those areas where the turnout might still be around twenty five percent, thirty percent, there's still a fair amount of votes to gain there. And so uh, one of the pathways, as Amy mentioned, around Johnson is that if Johnson, even if the turnout is lower in those areas than it is in places where Vallis is strong, if he's able to suck up a lot of those votes, I mean, he can make up significant ground. One thing to keep in mind that we don't really think about back in 2019, uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, got about 19 percent of the vote in February uh, 20, uh Tony Perkwinkle got about 17 percent of the vote. So it was it was relatively close there. But even in precincts that where Tony Preckwinkle got more votes than Lori Lightfoot in February, mm. um, Lightfoot literally turned, I would say, more than seven out of eight every eight of those precincts in April. She flipped them to 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 precincts that she actually outpolled uh, uh, Tony Preckwinkle in. And so uh, so what, she had this enormous landslide victory in April. But a lot of it was due to the fact that those votes that were outstanding, she grabbed like three out of every four of those votes. So she was able to convince the majority of people, the vast majority of people who voted for someone other than her or, or Tony Preckwinkle to vote for her in April. So if Johnson is able to do mm. something like that, uh, even in places where the turnout is low, he would have a, a, a good shot at, at making it competitive and perhaps even winning. Yeah, and, and, and so we shouldn't think of any precinct as necessarily locked. I mean, I'm sure there are a few that are locked, but we shouldn't necessarily think any of them are locked into where they were in no, February. No, and, and, and we also, by, by, by that uh, example with, uh, with Lightfoot, we shouldn't necessarily discount precincts where the turnout may only be 25 or 30 percent uh, because those votes add up. And there are a lot of precincts like that where the turnout is going to be like, uh, a little lower, but, uh, but they're literally like you know, close to you know, 700 precincts in the city. Uh, where turnout is is going to be in that range. But if you win a fair share of those, it can make a big difference. Well, we will all be watching it closely tomorrow and maybe, you know, depending on how it goes, maybe the data to come because they'll have to be tallying up all the, the early voting. But Alden Lowry is WBEZ's data projects editor. Amy Chin is a data reporter at WBEZ. Thank you both so much for joining us.